Are you listening? Welcome to another episode of the Nerf Report. My name is Brian Chappelle, and on this week's episode, Microsoft lays all of their next generation cards on the table. Nintendo holds an Indie World Showcase. We get new details surrounding the sequel of Marvel's Spider-Man 2, and we need to talk about PlayStation, because what the hell was that? But before we jump into any of that, your top headlines. First up, Nintendo. This week, Nintendo held an Indie World Showcase to give gamers a glimpse at what independently developed games would be coming to the Nintendo Switch. But, as always, in order to talk about this correctly, we need to jump into a segment that we love to call All the Games That Are Independent. Throw your hands up at me. During this week's showcase, Nintendo announced 22 games, including 8 timed exclusives coming to the Nintendo Switch. Games like Blue Fire, Baldo, I Am Dead, Bark, Summer in Mara, Quantum League, Hello Games Next Video Game The Last Campfire, Blair Witch, Superliminal, Dicey Dungeon, Moving Out, and Exit the Gungeon. And speaking of Nintendo, you know, over the last three years, the company has seemed to have an overhaul in their PR department because they've become extremely content creator friendly. I mean, there was a point on this channel where posting a Nintendo video on YouTube would get you copyright claimed. It became so bad that any time that we talked about Nintendo, we made these terrible videos, terrible videos with Nintendo. Well, despite the last three years of grace, unfortunately, this week, Nintendo began to show shades of their past. Because PlayStation Dreams creator, Piece of Craft, great name, uh, posted on Twitter, Good news and bad news. We flew too close to the sun, boys. A big video game company, who I will keep nameless, obviously didn't read my Be Cool note in Dreams. No worries, though. I have a backup plan. But for now, Mario projects in Dreams are on hold until I put said plan into effect. The Mario project in question was probably one of the best Mario character builds in PlayStation Dreams. And just in case there was any doubt as to who the nameless company was, Piece of Craft continued by explaining on Twitter, the email came through the same email that I have linked to my PSN. But it was from the Legal and Business Affairs Division of Sony Interactive Entertainment Europe. So not from Media Molecule. And stated Nintendo themselves had objected to my use of their Super Mario IP in Dreams. Which honestly, this story is going to be extremely interesting. Because Dreams in itself is an IP legal nightmare. You can literally make anything. So does PlayStation curb the creativity of Dreamers? Or will Dreams just become like everything else on the internet? Legally, Nintendo holds the right to Mario. But they don't hold the rights to his friend Mario, the Hispanic plumber who looks a lot like Mario, but let's be clear, it's not. Wink, wink. It's a me, ese, Mario. There was little doubt in any gamer's mind that PlayStation's 2018 Marvel Spider-Man was eventually going to get a sequel. In fact, PlayStation was so thrilled by the success of Insomniac Spider-Man that they bought the entire studio for $229 million. Which goes to show that if Herman Holst likes something, he puts a damn $229 million ring on it. 
Anyway, back to Spider-Man. This week on Reddit, Utopian Throwaway 90 was quoting a source close to the game and dropped some massive leaks surrounding the upcoming sequel. According to the post, Marvel Spider-Man 2 will be releasing in the holiday season of 2021 and will be revealed this summer. The game will feature the addition of Queens and Brooklyn to the city map, which will require Spidey to use new low-level web slinging. The game will take place six months after the first game and will feature villains like Venom, Carnage, and Mysterio. Miles Morales will have a much larger role in the sequel and will even be playable in certain sections of the game. And finally, the leak reveals that gamers can choose from three swing modes, realistic, arcade, and hybrid. Realistic being extremely pure physics, arcade is assisted by the game, and hybrid would be the most similar to the previous Spider-Man 1 mechanics. And as always, we should point out that these are just rumors, and nothing has been confirmed by Insomniac or PlayStation. But if the rumors are true... We will find out in summer of 2020. And finally, Xbox. This week, Xbox invited some of the industry's top influencers to the Microsoft compound to check out the upcoming Xbox Series X. Which is weird, you know, because... Hold on, let me, uh, let me just double check real quick. I, uh... <laughs> I didn't seem to get an invite. What gives, Phil Spencer? This week, tech influencers Austin Evans and Digital Foundry got hands-on time with Microsoft's upcoming next-gen console, including complete breakdowns and assembly of the unit. Now, if you weren't aware, the Xbox Series X will feature an 8-core, 3.8GHz AMD Zen 2 processor, a 12-teraflop AMD RDNA 2 GPU, 16GB of GDDR6 RAM, and a 1TB custom NVMe SSD. Now, to be fair, a lot of that information was pretty common knowledge, but this week, we did get to see how some of the key features of the Xbox Series X will actually work. Both Digital Foundry and Austin Evans showed off the Xbox Series X split motherboard, a state-of-the-art vapor chamber, faster load times, improved graphics, ray tracing, and quick resume, which allows you to suspend multiple games and join them in an instant. We also revealed this week were the expandable storage cards. That's right, the Xbox Series X will feature expansion cards with up to one terabyte of storage and can be inserted into the storage expansion slot found in the back of the console. The Xbox Series X still doesn't have a price, but if I had to guess, $599, Bob, minimum. But as far as the release date goes, Microsoft is still advertising the console as launching in the holiday season of 2020. Well, that's going to wrap up this week's top headlines. So without further ado, let's jump into this week's top story with the rundown. Now for something completely different. Yeah. PlayStation. When it comes to the PS5, PlayStation and Sony, for the most part, have remained pretty silent. Despite a logo reveal in February, two Wired articles, and a sketchy video showing off the PS5 load times, all we've had are rumors. Whereas other companies like Microsoft are proudly swinging their teraflop up and down the street like a Johnny Sins video. And if the person sitting next to you understood that reference, congratulations. You now know why their internet browsing history is always erased. And I will be the first to admit, 
When it comes to tech, I am one evolutionary step away from being a monkey. And when you use the word teraflop or the benefits of SSD over traditional hard drives, I genuinely have no idea what that means. In fact, if you go back and watch any episode of the Nerf Report where we talk about next-gen consoles, I just look nervously into the camera begging that none of you comment on and call me out by saying, This guy didn't even know the difference between NVMe and AHC. See, even with that joke right there, I don't even know if I properly understand the punchline. But this week, PlayStation announced that tomorrow at 9 a.m. Pacific time, PS5 lead system architect Mark Cerny will provide a deep dive into PlayStation 5's system architecture and how it will shape the future of games. Now, some quick points here. Number one, this deep dive was originally planned for GDC and for all of the developers in attendance. But with the conference being canceled, Sony had to get extremely creative and... Even Sony tried to manage expectations by telling gamers to align expectations you should anticipate a heavily technical broadcast from lead architect Mark Cerny here. We're mostly going to learn about specifications and key features, but probably not specific games. But even with knowing all of that, I don't think anyone saw this coming. Now, a gigabyte is not much data. Games are using five or six gigabytes of RAM on PlayStation 4, so boot times and load times can get pretty grim. The dream of an SSD, part of the reason for that five gigabyte a second target was to eliminate loads, but also part of the reason for that target streaming that emerges for an SSD is 825. So we hustled and built a custom decompressor into the I.O. unit, one capable of handling over five gigabytes of Kraken format input data a second. We should be able to start letting you know which drives will physically fit and which drive samples have benchmarked appropriately high so you can release your first game on PlayStation 5 without making any use of them. I should start by saying, Mark Cerny did a great job. The information that he relayed to developers is honestly really great news. In fact, many developers are already saying that the PlayStation 5 tech is going to revolutionize the way that they make video games. But for the love of Kratos, PlayStation, how the hell are you going to let this be your first step to market? Like, realize for a second that this is the first official advertised PS5 event that you have had ever. And even though you tried to align expectations, you had to have realized that this video was not going to be received well by the majority of those watching. And it's not like PlayStation is unaware of the enormous level of hype out in the market right now. I mean, every announcement, every state of play, you say the same thing. We are not ready to talk about the PlayStation 5, so there will be no news in regards to the console. And I say this as a fan. Your radio silence is only going to hurt you. Because in today's world, silence is a rare commodity that is constantly being filled by pundits, influencers, and guys who build a set in their garage to talk about video games. When PlayStation goes months without commenting on the PlayStation 5, it creates a vacuum chamber of ideas that are based on rumors, but they are repeated so much that in many ways they become fact. A prime example of this was the PlayStation 5 and backwards compatibility. Sony had told investors that backwards compatibility was a top priority for the console, and left it at that. 
No comment on how far back backwards compatibility really meant, so pundits assumed that the PS5 would be backwards compatible with PS1, PS2, PS3, and PS4 games. But according to Mark Cerny, almost all of the top 100 PS4 games can run on the PS5. Which even this had to be clarified on the PlayStation blog afterwards. PlayStation wrote, We believe that the overwhelmingly majority of the 4,000 plus PS4 titles will be playable on PS5. We're expecting that backwards compatible titles will run at a boosted frequency on PS5 so that they can benefit from the higher or more stable frame rates and potentially higher resolutions. We're currently evaluating games on a title-by-title -title basis to spot any issues that need adjustment from the original software developers. And I guess technically, uh, PS4 games being able to run on a PS5 counts as backwards compatibility. But once again, for the first official PS5 introduction, that's not a good look. And it's not just backwards compatibility. The PS5 was rumored to be more powerful than the Xbox Series X, and it clocks in at 10.28 teraflops, which not only is under Xbox, it's underneath Google Stadia. And granted, Mark Cerny stated that teraflops are not a fair comparison in technology, but once again, for a monkey like me that doesn't know any better, when I hear, do you want 12 bananas or do you want 10 bananas? I'm gonna pick the 12, because do I need 12? Probably not, but hey, it's two more than the other guy has. And that's my point. This event was a terrible first showing for the PlayStation 5, because the majority of gamers have no idea what that data means. We just want to know what games will run on it, and what unique features does it have. And again, I say this as a PlayStation fan. I don't understand their marketing strategy for this console. If this was really meant for the industry, then make it an invite-only webcast and let the information leak. But instead, you promote it on your Twitter, which I have to assume that the majority of the 17 million followers are not developers, they're like me, fans. The information Mark Cerny shared is awesome news. And when you combine it with the amazing catalog of games that Sony has as exclusives, there's no doubt that the PS5 is going to be awesome. But use what made you successful this generation with the PS4 as your narrative as you move into the next. Be the best place to play. Uncharted, Spider-Man, God of War, Horizon Zero Dawn, Last of Us, and Ghost of Tsushima. Because honestly, teraflops and specs are great, but games like those are going to sell your console. And finally for this week, we come to... That noise, of course, signifies that we are running out of time and coming close to the end of the show. So, in order to cover all the week's remaining news, we must initiate a segment that I like to call... Every single week, we have so much news to talk about and so little time to do it. So we take all the week's remaining news, put 60 seconds on the clock, and try to cover it as fast as humanly possible without running out of breath, passing out, or... DYING! So, with that in mind, let's put 60 seconds on the clock. THUNDER NOISE! And... 
go. Fortnite now has in-game helicopters. The demo of Resident Evil 3, the remake, is now available on PlayStation 4 and Xbox. Call of Duty Warzone has officially hit 30 million players. A mobile version of Dead by Daylight will be launching on April 16th. Overwatch unveiled their 32nd in-game hero, Echo, which will be the last in-game hero until Overwatch 2. Uh, Final Fantasy VII, the remake, is launching in two weeks, but Square Enix is warning gamers that the physical copies might be hard to find due to supply chain issues with the coronavirus. Uh, King's Canyon is officially back in Apex Legends. Beat Saber has officially sold 2 million copies since launch. A remastered version of Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 was found on its uh, South Korean ratings board. And finally, Splinter Cell's Sam Fisher is joining Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Breakpoint. Woo! We are three seconds under, but show's over. Ladies and gentlemen, that is it for Nerfed in 60 Seconds, and that is it for this week's episode of the show. If you like what you saw, make sure to hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, and please share it with your friends. As always, my name is Brian Chappelle. You are you, and this has been the Nerf Report. Thanks for watching. Hey, thanks again for checking out our channel. You know, this whole coronavirus stuff going on right now is, is pretty crazy. But uh, for those of you that are stuck at home, that aren't at school or aren't at work, first time checking out the channel, welcome. My name's Brian Tim. Thank you so much for checking out our channel, and I hope whatever's going on in the world gets so